Hello and welcome to a hot bowl of tea with me, Emily, and I'm joined today with Lucy, who's an old school friend of mine. Hello. Thank you for having me. We're in the UK right now, so we are in currently in lockdown, but Mm -hmm. I don't really think it's much of a lockdown, but you know. (laughs) No, not based on what I've seen, unfortunately, and regrettably. Yeah, I think it's a shame really, but you know. Thanks. We are where we are. I think we are. Uh, I think there are so many people following the rules right now, and there are lots of people doing what we're meant to be doing. Uh, there's a few people that are not doing that, but I think I think now the general mood is that people just want to think about themselves and think about, no, but not in a negative way. They just, you know, focus on yourself. Don't judge other people for what they're doing. Just focus on you, and and you know, you can only. Um, really take responsibility for your own actions at this point I think yeah I think majority of the population are being sensible it's not about like staying at home it's not about not going out it's about being mm-hmm. sensible and social distancing mm-hmm. but there's just a, f- a few fools out there mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah but I think we're going to talk about what we've been up to in quarantine and maybe what people would think about this in about 50 to 60 years time yeah it's a really interesting question um I love history and uh, as I think Emily does as well that's one thing of course we're both doing history degrees yes we are that's well hopefully fingers crossed if everything goes back to normal we'll head off to university in September October time we'll see how that goes we'll go back until January time to be honest do you not think there is a rumor could Cambridge have put their first they put their that's true yeah all lectures have been on first year yes yeah yes yes. um but what what is a really interesting thing about cambridge that i feel like got brushed over a lot with all the news articles and things that i was seeing is that at uh, oxford and cambridge how it works is that you um most of the teaching is done in a tutorial style and that means that generally there's just one professor and maybe two or three people in a room and you just have a discussion about your subject. And that is how sort of over 50% of the teaching takes place. So even though I feel like it has been very uh, dramatically reported in the news about how Cambridge has put all its lectures online, in reality, at Cambridge in particular, that's just a very small part of the teaching there. But it's so uncertain. Yeah. I think it's going to be a case of every uni doing something slightly differently I don't think there's going to be a sort of one-size-fits-all uh, strategy yeah. for all of them I, I don't know I haven't heard much for, I'm going to Kent so I don't really know much hopefully I'm going to Kent but I don't there hasn't really been much discussion I haven't yeah. had many emails but it's a bit of, I know um, they're quite um, in touch with Christchurch which is their almost like college style uni and I know yes, they're kind of yeah. like joint together, even though Kent's like up the mm-hmm. hill and Christ yeah. is like, it's the campus. So um, I think they have quite, I, I, when I went to the open day, they had very, it was very lectury mm-hmm. rather than like discussion. Yeah, a lot of other universities are sort of lecture based, but, but then at the same time, I think Cambridge's strategy, if you actually, rather than just reading the headlines, if you go deep into the article, that's their yeah. sort of work case scenario. So, uh, yeah. strategy and solution that they want so we'll see how it goes it's, it's a shame though that you haven't got any sort of email confirmations or things like that I think it's just the uncertainty um, and that sort of anxiety around yeah, what's going to happen in September mm-hmm. because w- that is our next start of our lives like that's our next steps mm-hmm. 
we have this extended mm-hmm. summer with such an abrupt end to school. Exactly. I, I can so remember on the last day. day of school, I was thinking about, because um, I go back, my term starts on the 14th of October, which is oh, wow, it's so late. It's so late. And so I have literally March, it was March 19th where we broke up from school. And then October 14th, that's literally almost seven months of of just nothing really so yeah. certainly um, I've had a big task so far of finding different things to do but I've enjoyed it so far I think I've done lots of different things and and I am very aware I think of how everyone's having a different experience in lockdown and that there are so many people who um that I'm in a very lucky position that um my parents one of them can work from home and the other one is having to go into work but uh, they've got good social distancing measures in place so I, I do feel very lucky in that sense that my biggest problem as it were although problem yeah, is yeah. quotation marks is kind of how am I going to fill my time yeah I mean what I planned to do anyway summer was to just work like do a lot because mm-hmm. I, I think we had like th- two two and a half months off or something because mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I, yes. I went yeah. back towards the end of September anyway. yeah. mm-hmm. I would have gone back um, I don't know the actual date but I would have gone down the week before my birthday mm. and we would have started on the Monday wow. so freshers and birthday yeah freshers on your birthday that's crazy but it's like I was going to work anyway for majority of that summer for, I was going to just get a job in a bar or something and just try and get some money because mm-hmm. you might as well mm-hmm. and then obviously exactly I, I, I gambled and went, you know what, they're looking for workers. And I was lucky, I suppose, to get a job and I'm working full time mm-hmm. to do because I, I think it was the third week in down in third week into this sort of no school, mm-hmm. nothing to do. I was starting to get a bit bored. And yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a bit I, I think you were bored. Right early as well, because I've now got a I had sort of a, a checklist of things. I think I've got about four different to-do lists up on my bedroom wall and I've gradually sort of ticked them off of just little chores and errands that I've been putting off and meaning to do. And in that sense, it's been really productive. But I've got to the point where, like you, I sort of am getting a bit bored. You're running out of things to do. You want something go out productive. You want to go out. Yeah, exactly. I want to feel productive. I think there's a lot of value in saying, take this time to rejuvenate, work on... Um, be be mindful work on your mental health and relax and watch Netflix all day but I think there's a there comes to a point where there's only so much on Netflix you can watch there's so many exactly books you can watch yeah self-care is great I'm such a big advocate of it I think it's a wonderful thing but uh, you can't do it day in day out for month on end because ultimately as people and humans we want to feel like that we're being productive and we want to feel like we're accomplishing something I think a hard thing so, also is not being able to see our parents. Well, well, I can obviously we can see our parents, but like you can't see your grandparents, you can't see like partners or boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever. You can't see, mm-hmm. you can't see your friends. You can't have that morale boost. Yeah, and, exactly. Like, I haven't I, seen my nan. I think the last time we saw her, we went up on the Sunday, and then on mm-hmm. the Wednesday we went into lockdown. So I haven't mm-hmm. seen my nan in like eight weeks. Mm-hmm. I've seen my granddad a couple of times, but like obviously we were like at the other side of the garden yeah 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 we've done a similar thing and it's difficult because you can see people um 
you, you can kind of sense that they're struggling, but you can't do anything about it. And I think that almost yeah. links a bit back to the, the productivity thing that you, you want to feel like you're helping someone and accomplishing something. But you can't but... physically be there for them. And it's all remote because and I... it just doesn't seem quite, it's not the exactly. same. Yeah, I, I'm quite lucky that my, um, my both my parents have got siblings that live um, either with or very near my grandparents. And then both yeah. of my, my aunt and my uncle have been um, both put on furlough so they can still support my grandparents whilst staying safe. But at the same time, when they say, oh, they're having a rough day or they just really like a hug from you, it is difficult. But I think yeah. at the end of the day, well, we have to recognise that we are comparatively quite lucky that there are a lot of people yeah. who who wish that they could um give their grandparents a hug but might never get the chance to again i think yeah, that, that's, that's really right. sad actually that's really sad especially during this time as well mm-hmm. but i think what what there are certainly lots of positive things as well that have come out of it because in our desire to be productive and to accomplish something loads of people are feeling the same way as us and just quite recently I tried to um, start volunteering because I usually volunteer at a museum and unfortunately of course that's closed now and I got in touch with a food bank to try and see if there was anything that I could do and they literally emailed me back and said all our volunteer positions are completely full we have enough volunteers yeah for pretty much the first time ever it's hardly ever that when else would you hear we have enough volunteers that's that's incredible so People are yeah. really rising to that, and I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I think I think there's also something you have to look forward to, or be able to go and do this, or you might take an extra. You appreciate something a little bit more, actually going out and <laughs> just having a coffee with your friend or something like that. Okay. I think that's something to to want to do and have that mm-hmm. sort of positive sort of future. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One thing that I've uh, seen online and that I've done as well is creating a jar of almost like a, a mini bucket list of things to do when we've got out of lockdown. And yeah, yeah, you've got the big bucket list that are like climb the Mount Fiji or something. Um, but the, this bucket list is just little things like go and sit in Starbucks with my boyfriend and have a cup of coffee and something go and see my. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah i will honestly this the first thing we'll do is go see tom let's face it (laughs) the the place where i've struggled the most is not just not um seeing my boyfriend for obvious reasons because we'd spent a lot of time together before but also not being able to go to a coffee shop as well because anyone who knows me knows that i live my entire life in coffee shops i love coffee and i love being in coffee shops as well and the atmosphere and getting the vibe of the people around you you've got people working on laptops and people having discussions I just think they're brilliant places and before this I've I was not a house bug at all if if it got to 4 p.m and I hadn't left my house I would just go out just just for the sake of and generally would go to a coffee shop just for the sake of getting out so I think this whole experience has really taught me how to love my house more I think yeah and appreciate my surroundings because usually like I in the past how nice our garden is yeah yeah exactly mm-hmm. I remember I sat there at like half past 10 in the morning I didn't move until like half three in the afternoon and I just sat mm-hmm. there and read my book and I was just sitting on the grass in like a camping chair and I thought this is lovely mm-hmm. the, yeah, dog, okay, exactly. the dog was trying to attack me most of the time but 
Yeah. Oh. It's just, and like taking, I never had like the chance to take Hugo out for a walk, drip in the middle mm-hmm. of the day. And like, especially mm-hmm. before I was working, I, th- I would be able to take him out or just mm-hmm. getting up early and just going for a run. Mm-hmm. But, you know exactly they're little things that we never got the chance to do unfortunately i can't take my fish out for a walk we haven't but we have been bonding a lot more uh, in this time than we were previously because before i hardly saw her and now we see each other all the time i feel like we've really connected on a new level i feel like we've started our relationship again we really bonded <laughs> but you're absolutely right it's just little things that i think we at school yeah especially as we were in our last year and doing a levels i we were very stressed and all very tense yeah and i put everything on hold all of the hobbies and and things like that was just put to one side and now i can really appreciate them again and do things like i've started baking again and i used to love baking when i was little but i haven't done it in years and i've been loving doing that um now and uh trying out different things and it just feels nice to do something and and it doesn't matter if you fail or if it doesn't go right I think that's quite it was a difficult habit to get out of that to start with I would um bake something or do an online course at the beginning of lockdown if it didn't go perfectly I would think oh my gosh I'm not gonna get a good grade on this but then I thought we're not getting graded on anything at this point I think I was doing a lot of online courses. Like as soon as it started, I would do like one a day. But like at the point, I I thought this is not. I'm always forcing myself to carry on learning. Like why can't mm-hmm. I? Okay, I'm choosing what I want to learn. But at the end of the day, why can't I just take a step back and actually mm-hmm. do what I enjoy and actually be more productive? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is where mm-hmm. these podcasts come about because I yeah, started listening yeah. to podcasts um, in the last year or so, mm-hmm. and and I just I just um I, I can't and I just started to listen to them more. And mm-hmm. I realised this is something I really wanted to do. I'm actually quite interested yeah. in like photography and media, yeah, and, that's like, awesome. um, podcasty sort of things. So I thought, why not do this? I mean, I mm-hmm. did a, I did a project on the Pacific War as well, like in, in like oh um, nice Japan and America. Yeah, that yeah. was that was really cool because I can actually go. I looked. My dad had my dad collected these um, in 1980s, and yeah, 1980s and 90s. He collected these uh, massive magazines, but full of like war, mag- like more war magazines, and they have like the replicas of the. That's uh, awesome. My dad used to do the little toy soldiers when he was yeah. my age. He'd go in with a giant table and move them all around and recreate the battles. I don't think we have any of them anymore, but yeah, yeah. Just, um... but that was really cool just to get him out and go like this. This is what he did, and mm-hmm. even I remember even just sitting in the garden, just having like a, like a drink with like my dad, just just playing Uno. Mm-hmm. And we would we would never really do that, especially if I was at school, because mm-hmm. during the week I'd be studying and then he would probably be working or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I found mean, that I've kind of feel like I've got to know my dad a lot better now because yeah. um, my I'm very um, fortunate that my mum works part time, so quite every day when I would get home from school she'd be there and we could talk about stuff. And sometimes if I had a bad day, we could go out surprise surprise to a coffee shop to get some coffees and yeah um, because my dad usually worked in London then he would always get home quite late whereas now he's the one working at home and it's my mum that's having to go to work so yeah. we're together all day every day I mean, been- yeah like my brother moved home recently and um mm-hmm. 
he's having to work from home now, which is fine because he can do it. He works at nowhere else. So he can he can do that still do that, which is fortunate. But suddenly having like four adults, like yeah, in, yeah, in like mm-hmm. a very close environment, and we're just mm-hmm. like each other. I feel that a lot of people's family dynamics would have changed as a result of lockdown because yeah. it's such a different situation. And the only time I was, funnily enough, was listening to a podcast about this where. Um, it was Rhett and Link's Ear Biscuits, which uh, is also a very good podcast. And they were talking about how the only other time where you have this much direct contact with your family that is nonstop is when you go on holiday together. But when you go on holiday, you're in a new place and you've got different things to yeah. do and things to look at. And you're talking about the hotel and you're talking about, are we going to go to the pool or not? Like that. Yeah, exactly. So that kind of distracts you from the fact that you're in constant company with your family, which doesn't usually happen. And now we're in constant company with our families, and they're at, but we're just at home in a completely yeah. normal environment. So I, I mean, think I actually feel like why... I see my dad less now, which is really weird mm, because of yeah. how his shift patterns are. He his like two days, two nights, four off, and mm-hmm. especially because of his job. Yeah, and, and um, like my mum, my mum's. She works for the NHS as well, but she works part time. But her things have changed as well, so I'm seeing a lot more mm-hmm. of my mum, in a way, mm-hmm. but seeing less of my dad. Mm-hmm. But then, even though his shift patterns haven't changed at all, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just because I'll come home at like half, quarter, twenty past six, time I finish working and get home, and then he had already gone to work, and then the time mm-hmm. I get up in the morning, he's already in bed, or I won't see him again until I come home later in that day. And could he work? Like it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quite, I mean, it's not That's a desirable job. Respect for your dad and all the other NHS workers and paramedics and workers in the hospitals. So much respect yeah, for I them. I think, yeah, I think, I think this, hopefully, this has highlighted some issues within the NHS. Mm, I that's, think that's so. What I hope, but also within other areas just like um people that work in like power stations like my brother still has mm-hmm. to work because he's on long-term train planning so if he doesn't do that right. you're gonna have no trains yeah yeah exactly that i think there's so many people even down to the when we hear people say thank you key workers it's not just the nhs workers who of course are really valuable but also people like the postmen refuse collectors yeah firefighters people that you wouldn't necessarily think of as someone that was completely integral to the running of our society, but we need them, that they're key yeah. workers for a reason. And, and I hope that now that they feel that they're getting the recognition and that like they deserve. Staff, it's really hard for retail staff to try and remit, like sustain that social distance, but having mm, so many mm-hmm. different, in, in such a small area, because there isn't much room once you have everything in a shop to mm-hmm. social distance at all yeah mm-hmm. i mean I think that's everyone's what I quite difficult mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. being able to try and get yeah. things but having so many like so many customers all in one place i'm like yeah i need to go there if i don't life. get this done then i'm gonna be in trouble so move mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. don't wear a mask and then walk straight past me and touch me like stay away yeah yeah everyone's having to react to it in different ways i think one of the things that 
I've noticed even just from us talking about how our different family dynamics have changed and about how you've uh, different workers, retail workers, key workers have found the situation has shown that everyone is going to have a completely unique experience depending on what your parents do, what you do, whether you've left school, whether you're at school and, and things like that. Because on the one hand, it's completely correct to say that we're all in this together and that it's a team effort. But at the same time, every single person is is going through a really unique experience. And I think yeah, that's a hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, like things haven't really changed much because I knew as soon as I finished school, mm-hmm. the only difference is that I know that I would probably get given the grade that I need to get into Kent, which is I'm thankful for. So there's mm-hmm. no need for me to stress too much about it. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm just like, I'm chilling. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to do. <laughs> yeah. Like, go out get a job get some money and that that's literally what my plan was anyway so it's almost mm-hmm. like my plan's been brought forward yeah or will it get delayed when i go when if we don't go to uni till later or mm-hmm. wh- whatever the case but um i think i think the key i think we just need to still don't be too um complacent Mm-hmm. because i think yitzvara can still come and bite us back on the ass to be honest mm-hmm. but i think we just need to take each day as it comes and stay alert don't know what that means but stay, stay alert. alert stay alert oh stay alert. definitely but yeah but what do you think people would think about this in the next 50 years time i mean hindsight is an amazing thing but yeah that's the thing i think that that not just with coronavirus but with every historical event one of the big challenges of historians is how much hindsight do you apply that there's a reason why people say hindsight is a wonderful thing and we can use it to say this because I think people will certainly criticize there's always loads of criticism in in history afterwards after the event easy to use your hindsight and look back and say yeah I would have done it differently I would have known better so I think we're certain of government policy yeah. but that's already started now hasn't yeah it? exactly now. exactly but the moral of the story is that criticism happens all the time and is everywhere <laughs> it's not very without criticism we wouldn't be very good people well yeah absolutely I think it would be there's going to be useful and unuseful conclusions that can be made and criticisms that can be made because on the one hand it will probably be quite frustrating to look back on um when if you get historians in 50 years time saying crazy things like the entire population failed to social distance and it was a complete disaster that will be a frustrating criticism because of course we know that lots of people are trying their best but on the other hand if that's a very biased criticism yeah yeah exactly but on the other hand if we really scrutinize government policy and and with the benefit of hindsight you can look at trends as to all the different countries what they did what happened then that will help us for the next time a crisis comes around that will be like this hopefully there isn't the next time no hopefully but yeah hopefully but it's inevitable isn't it every hundred years don't they Mm -hmm. don't they predict yeah definitely won't be pandemic was gonna luckily i think this is thankfully well it'll be the end of it we had to start at the end of it bloody fantastic that is (laughs) like jesus 
Definitely. I wonder um, for when we look at in 100 years time or in 50 years time, what history books have we got about the coronavirus? How much are they going to focus on the people and the individual stories? Because having read lots of different history books and studied different periods of history, there's always a lot of elements, uh, sorry, emphasis on the politics and the economics. And that can be a really good thing. But what's often ignored is the stories of the individuals and of the normal people. Yeah, like the sociology behind it. Yeah, exactly. And I think what we've seen during this crisis and pandemic is the bravery and the initiative of individuals, not just the key workers, but also people putting rainbows in their windows and clapping for the NHS and, and things like that. The experience of the ordinary citizen is an integral part of that revolutionary come together spirit yeah exactly and that's the kind of thing that that doesn't really get reported or or look back on that much in history i don't think about what the individuals are doing i mean i think definitely i think they would more they would focus more on what changed afterwards yeah absolutely rather than what's changing now because at the minute nothing is changing mm-hmm. but maybe like you saw it for like for example in world war Two, after they had the conservative government and, and obviously then it moved to more a left absolutely i wouldn't be surprised society. if well this changed i wouldn't if, does it change to a more left does it... but i really you're right i really wouldn't be surprised if we see a repetition of world war ii and and see that the people vote in a more left-leaning government because they want they want to feel like they're being taken care of in whatever happens after this pandemic on the other hand you might want a conservative government that people might feel would put more emphasis on the economy yeah yeah and and try and help those businesses that are going to be failing so yeah i mean i think it's going to be quite interesting yeah i don't know how much i buy the idea that the whole world is going to change that britain will never be the same again and the world will never be the same again i think that's a load of bollocks (laughs) yeah i I don't i don't think i don't think it has changed I, i don't think i don't think funding to the nhs to social care will change especially significantly mm-hmm. at all but I, I just don't think I don't think that I don't think people will as soon as she's over people will just go back mm. to their normal lives their normal self yeah and I think that this may be a pessimistic view but as soon as social distancing ends all of the little things like being able to see your parents or grandparents and uh, going to a coffee shop going to a restaurant or the pub going to the shops all of those little things that we are being so grateful for now and that we are missing so much will will probably be taken for granted again because we are going to adjust yeah. back to i mean we don't look back on our generation doesn't look back on world war Two and think wow i feel so grateful that we don't have rationing because they did have rationing in 1945 yeah exactly anything. i think as soon as um, certainly in 50, 100 years' time, there won't be people feeling grateful for those little things. But even in five years' yeah. time, I think this will all be very distant in the past. And I think it, it, yeah. it it's almost a, a chapter will close and we'll, yeah. we'll return to normal, it, it, for better or for yeah, worse. I, 
Yeah, I mean, I like this is a personal dig of mine, but I don't like how people are comparing it to World mm. War Two because this is nothing much like a war. Mm, exactly. Like, it's we've basically had a we've had a lot of elements of our freedom taken mm-hmm. away and um, things we take for granted. Okay, I'm grateful we don't have to sleep under like in the undergrounds, mm-hmm. which I'm grateful for. But I, but having to walk down the street and might have like a bomb hit us mm-hmm. or getting shot like it's not or like that threat of invasion mm-hmm. it's nothing like this this is completely different yeah it's still a it's still a peculiar sort of unknown thing that's going to happen mm-hmm. and similar to like a war it's not normal in mm-hmm. a sense but it's not i wouldn't say it's something to compare it to yeah. because every experience mm-hmm. is unique mm-hmm. Because you can't compare World War One to World War Two, really. Mm-hmm. I think people, because they're well, two very yeah, different they're, they're so different. But I think that's people want to naturally want to try and compare things for to try and better understand it. Because I think one of the problems we're seeing now yeah. is that this crisis is unlike anything we have ever seen. Where, when else in history have entire populations been asked to stay at home, stay two metres away from each other? There's, there is nothing to compare it to. And therefore, I think yeah. that makes it difficult for people to, to fathom in a way. And therefore, they, they do want to try and compare it to something else to, to try and maybe relate to people in the past and maybe feel like they're less yeah. alone. But you're absolutely right even that some that even that bit of optimism of going we will get mm-hmm. through this because obviously we we got through world war Two, we got through the cold war we got through world war one like even getting through those things it's like there will be an mm-hmm. end but they didn't know when that will be no. but they but obviously hindsight in hindsight we know obviously there yes. is an end but when when that will be but there is a chance that the i think people need to, we can't be too complacent though because if if we open pubs or restaurants too quickly, open schools too quickly, um, like if we release things too quickly, then evidently and naturally there will be a rise, and we'll be back to square one again. Mm-hmm. And and I, we can't we can't be too optimistic about mm-hmm. this, and we just need to we need to we still need to be very careful even in two or three months time mm-hmm. even if it has been lifted completely we still need to be super careful right up until december time absolutely and I, th- I think that's what something that historians will focus on in the future is look at those different trends when when and how countries decided to get out of it and i think because like we just said people do like to compare things for better or for worse i think in the future there will be a lot of comparison um even not just in histo- by historians in 100 years, but in five years, 10 years, people will be looking at it. And I think that can have benefits because it will tell you who's been the most successful. But equally, I think there is a risk yeah. of it sort of turning into a competition. I saw recently that President Trump's already received criticism for a- appearing to look like that the coronavirus is some kind of competition and we're going to see which nation is going to win but i think we can't make it about that you can't beat exactly it's unfair on on those who have died and those who have suffered to make it into a almost a, a, 
a clinical arms race of who's going to beat this virus first. And I would hope that historians in the future would look at the positive things, look at the way that we changed our lives and the way that we came to each other's aid as a source of analysis and evaluation, rather than seeing this entire experience as just one big competition. Yeah, I mean, that's a very business mindset as Mm -hmm. well, which obviously Donald Trump is a businessman rather than a politician as such. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he might disagree with you there, but but I I have to agree to some extent. I mean, I don't... He doesn't... he He just isn't... He just he, that that's he just how not, I feel about Donald Trump Donald Trump as well. I think <laughs> I just I just have lost he's the just words. Not there is he? <laughs> would, would kind of maybe just put one one or two sentences in the textbook or in their book about about those people, but but would also show the balance side that there are plenty of people who are saying stay at home, follow the rules, and unfortunately there's a minority who are protesting. Yeah, I think I think we haven't united as like a world. Mm, absolutely. A week into lockdown or something and or and something come about saying Italy mm-hmm. said that if we don't lock down we're gonna have the trouble they mm-hmm. had and look mm-hmm. at them. And like they go, Oh, it's gonna strike and a virus not viruses normally come about in like cold sort of uh, regions mm-hmm. and that. But look at Spain, it's like mm-hmm. summer. Exactly. And like they had massive, massive death mm-hmm. toll. It's going to put a really big strain on these united institutions like the European Union because suddenly you're absolutely right. They're talking in terms of individual countries rather than just the EU. And before this crisis started, the EU was looking to or certain countries in the EU, such as Spain and Italy, wanted to become more united and have closer ties with the other countries. But I think particularly because Italy and Spain and others, particularly in Southern Europe, will now be looking to have, will be looking to the Northern countries like Germany and the Netherlands who haven't suffered quite as bad to help them with their post-coronavirus reconstruction. But Germany and the Netherlands don't seem to be too keen on that idea. So I think that will definitely, and is already causing some divisions in Europe and, and if there are certain more prosperous countries who want to distance themselves for those who have got large death tolls and even larger debts, then that could um, put a serious strain on on the connections within the European Union and its unity. There will be a lot of there's a. I always feel like there has been a, quite a lot of tension mm-hmm. anyway mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. Europe, and then. And I this just, has thrown in a right curveball. <laughs> if anything is, it's no one could have predicted it, as people have said. But you're absolutely right. It was Europe was already had that some disagreements about certain things, and this has thrown a whole spanner into the works. So I think uh, going back to the question of history, it will be interesting to see how coronavirus sits within the larger history of the entire world and how it fits in narrative. Yeah. I think, because it, it's quite a short period of history, mm-hmm. really. And I think it'll be quite interesting to see what, how things will change afterwards and how, and how they sort of view mm-hmm. and see it and almost their opinions on 
maybe should I have done this? Did that? Should I do? Should I have done this better? Mm-hmm. Should they? Should I have not done this? Mm-hmm. And that sort of thing. I think the country will probably produce its own history. I would be very interested to see how yeah. different. Very different. Yeah, exactly. Well. Because so many people have had different yeah. experiences. If you look in a hundred years' time at five different historians from, say, the US, Italy, the UK, China, and Germany, and they're all writing a history of the world or a history of coronavirus, what are those different books going to look like? Yeah, I think that would be certainly interesting uh-huh. as well because we now have the largest death toll uh-huh. in Europe, don't uh-huh. we? Which, I, which is a massive shame. Mm-hmm. But um, that's what I mean. We just can't be complacent. We've still got to, like, stay mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah, I think it will be interesting to see. But only time will tell. Mm. Only time will tell. I can't wait to be a grandma and tell my grandkids about how when I was 18... There was a good. I didn't take my A level exam. And there were no A levels. What's really interesting is my uh, grandma was was eighteen during World War Two, and I know we said we wouldn't compare oh, it cool. to compare the coronavirus to World War Two, but her A levels or the equivalent when she was a teenager were cancelled as well. So we, oh, wow, we found okay. that quite bizarre that she's ninety four and I'm eighteen and but we kind of have this shared experience that we both have gone through. I think complacency is... is Complacency is the evil of all mankind, especially now. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I think think we still need to be careful for uh, quite a significant period Mm -hmm. of time. 100%. I'm having a bit of a stretch. Emily can see me right now, so she can see all of the... Um, Zoom. interesting positions that I'm sitting in yeah no she can't literally see me we're not don't worry guys not breaking we're any of those rules and, you know I am really fidgety though I was <laughs> sitting in the same position I've been like swinging on my spinny chair and stretching my arms and crossing my arms and I've got my headphone wire in front of me I mean I would so, um, be clipping my pen but I thought that's a bit distracting so yeah I think that's probably for the best but I think that concludes the end of it our was... podcast. Yes, I loved it so much. Don't take Thank my fishing and weird arm movements for, for me being bored or anything, because I've enjoyed this so much. So and I hope... I... Wait, should we do some more soon? Or Yeah, I would love to, if you would like to yeah. have me back on the podcast. So yes. thank you for listening, and we should hope yeah, to thank see you, you again soon.